0: Many today who have already fallen away from the Word of God, and who were instead following after men and new movements, experiences, and new revelations, are deceived. Some already have and many more will join them in compromising the faith. If you listen to them carefully you will hear the voice of the accuser or the brethren. Though they can be very religious, refined and educated, and serving the Lord, though their speech is peppered with Bible quotes and they recite many scriptural truths, the motivation of their heart is more for accusation than intercession. The battle lines are drawn, we cannot ignore this war any longer. We have lost too much ground and too many souls to this army, now we must fight for complete victory. The Biblical Editorial Review Series, The War Within the Body of Christ.
1: Hello and welcome to the Biblical Editorial Review. I'm your host Khalid Rose. I want to thank each and every one of you for this wonderful radio experience. I want to apologize because last week I was so hectic and so busy uh, with a lot of stuff that I did not get the chance to really do uh, the show because it was a lot of things was going on and I really need to take care of it. And it was not that the person was business wise and I got very, very busy. So I said, let's go ahead, and put it off and go ahead, and do it this week because I believe what we're going to say is going to do two or three things. The first thing it's going to do is going to make you think. I hope it will. I hope it challenges you to think about these things and see why that the church is so divided in so many areas and how come we need to really know who I really how real enemy is. The second part is that you need to look at what's going on In our society, if we say we are believers, and we say we are of our Father, we need to go out there and make a difference in our world, in the way that we conduct stuff and everything. We don't need to continue to try to figure all this out. That's some of the biggest, huge challenges that even me personally had to face. Because I'm going to tell you something, you know, when you realize that you have a different perspective of life. And sometimes some of the things that's going on in your life is not what you paying out to be. You had to take a sit, you know you gotta take a, a chill pill and sit back and think about it. Then you gotta not just think about it, mainly you got to pray about it. Thinking and praying about it is two different things that even I as you know as I grow in my salvation, walk in my salvation have to really think about a lot. And when you think about it, it had to do with a lot of issues in life. So that's why you have to put your faith in God. Everything you do in life doesn't always got to be exactly the way that you want. So that's why it's better to go ahead and put your faith in God and not think about all the things to do to fix and to do, to figure out or to reason. Because I personally can't know, have all these things in my head and don't have the results that I'm seeking for. But the third reason about this episode is really, really, really critical. Now, it's going to be a lot of people going to be upset with this one. I mean, the, uh, the, the two shows that we did it's already people been complaining, not just to places like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, but also they've been complaining to uh, their pastors and their known elders. And some people has been very vocal and they said, well, everything's in the Bible. This guy is talking about things that's in the Bible. He's not just saying this as an opinion. And, if you don't believe me, I will send you links and notes that I wrote that God showed me in the Bible about these things, and I'm going to go a little bit further with this one, and it's not going to make people happy. It's not going to make people um, very, very. Um, you know, they're going to look at this and say, "Well, Khalibu, you are going against women." No, this is not against women. It's not against. Uh, anything, because one thing about it, a lot of people want to say that God made a uh, woman and man equal. In a lot of ways he did, but that's in a marriage. Key point is in marriage, that God made a man and a woman equal. Because they won now. And you You have people who literally, I'm just going to be honest with you, want to change the perspective of what God designed. Yes, God made man first, but he also made female to help man. But that was the first marriage that he did. And this, I'm going to tell you right now it's going to be heavy. It's going to be hardcore because we're going to not only going after the, the truth about whole thing, but we're going to really, really, really talk about what's going on in the body of Christ. Um, I'm going to tell you right now that it's going to be, no, um, a very, very, very controversial uh, persona because um, God has, you know, is very, very vocal about this thing. You know, and I mean vocal to the point that God said that, you know, God did not declare for none of this to be in the inf- emphasis on what he has described it. Now, I'm going to really comment hard on the things that's going on with this gospel according to feminism. Well, it's not just a gospel according to feminism. It is the feminist gospel. And this feminist gospel is much, much more than what we intended to be so so many people, including here at uh, the Razia Christian Radio network, we do have people, women who are ministers. but this is not the same as a preacher because a lot of them are directly trying to speak they, they are directly speaking to women. They're not directly preaching to the whole body. Now it's a lot of people do listen. And it is a, uh, a a counteractive scenario that is really really wrong. But see, feminism is not just a woman thing. It's a it's much more deeper than that. If you look at our culture today, feminism has come into so many variations. I mean, you got men are feminists. Yeah, we'll talk more about that as well. Yeah even people who are in the body of Christ who are at the foot hole foothold on the pulpit who are feminists. And um it's really, really started to become bad because um because of the way that the whole thing is, it's really started to become a problem. You no, know, and um people don't understand what that means. They 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 think it is um something that's new and i'm talking about not just new but something that is really really bad i mean bad to the to the point that someone needs to talk about it and a lot of it needs to come to grips on the truth of what the Bible had to say about that. And I'm gonna now I'm gonna come out to the to the forefront on this because I'm not gonna just um just just just, just name it, but also I'm going to really put it out there because some people need to tell the truth. They to say, Look, um, no, God did not declare for women to preach okay and God did not declare for um, women to do a lot of stuff that they call to be I mean this here is so deep and they trying to use Jesus Christ as a feminist. And the reason why I'm taking my time with this one because it's really, really hardcore. So that's why I am very, very cautioned not to sound harsh, but to sound much more meaningful. That's why the social justice gospel of Satan was so hardcore, and people was mad about that upset about it and, and I mean I, I I personally did not like to do that show but it had to be done and now this one is going it's one of those shows that I don't want to do but God called me to do this so if you think about it, the title of this broadcast for this week is the feminist apostates worldview? That's basically what it is. It's a worldview that is going on in our culture today that the is really started to become something that is not biblical. Even though a lot of people think it's biblical, but it's very, very much not biblical. So a lot of people don't like it, a lot of people despise of it, a lot of people wish that um. Cleveland, why are you have to be the one to talk about this issue? Now, God is the one who wants to talk about this issue because God is showing me, not just me, but everybody else, to become, to to really bring this out there, to show the light because there's a lot of people. They have their own church and I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about here. You got a lot of uh, women pastors and see, and let me, let me emphasize this here between someone who is a minister and they are preacher, or uh, they are helping women become what God called them to be. And also helping women to do what God says in the body of Christ is totally different from becoming a woman pastor. And we'll have it. Will have scriptures that back that up. You have lots of scriptures that will back up the reason of that. Then, they, then some of the women pastors will go into the part of, of like Deborah, um, Ruth, Marion, you name it, to try to use their theology. Then they want to use the Proverbs thirty-one woman as their foothold. That's ministry started with that, and it's a list, a huge list. If you sit there and think about it. It's not biblical, and also too I want to uh to to put a side note here on this before um, we get into this whole huge topic because I want you to understand something here you know this week and this is the perfect time to talk about this women these feminists the feminist gospel the feminine apostates are doing much more protests for abortion. They say they are believers, they say they're Christians. And they are so hyper the so 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 on abortion, reproductive rights and things like that. And I want to I'm gonna give you a contrast on some streams that people are doing. They really don't understand how come God is not in it. And we'll go ahead and put it out here, right here, right now. I want to go to one huge stream. It's not really a stream, but it's a stream to some people because they don't understand the concepts behind of it. Let's think about homeschooling for example. My wife and I, we sit there, we talk about this before, and I was thrilled, and and me and her, we sit there, and, and, and she had a great point. I love her wisdom, and, and that's one of the things that we're going to talk about between a good woman and a godly woman, and so many people who teach women to become godly women that they don't even get recognized, but I digress. My wife made a, a a very powerful statement, and I want to really, in, in a, uh, just really make this statement here to say this. She was emphasizing the fact about, you know, you having, you no know, homeschooling. You know, they did broke the law in the land when they wanted to keep their children from public school because of what they are teaching them that's not biblical sound but according to the bible they did tell us men the husbands or the leaves of the home the men to teach their children the way should go and not depart from which is in Ephesians chapter 6 and one of the be- beautiful things about Ephesians chapter six was that it emphasizes that the father is responsible for the child's education. Means that to for the, so they not depart from it, needs to rear them to to the things of God. So I'm just emphasizing. I'm not you no. Know, I don't have the, my Bible in front of me at the moment, but it did quote that, it did stipulate that the man is ahead of the child's educational. Rearing not the school system But when the people did kept their children from school a lot of the guy arrested a lot of them um, Had to hide to keep their kids from not going to public school and things like that until one day with some uh, lawyers who are God-fearing men went, you know, uh, went to the Supreme Court and changed the law for uh, for us to homeschool our children from home, means gives rights. But this is the but this is the kicker. It was no protest involved. It was no protest. It was no uh um educational right mo- movement. None of that was going on. And these are Christian men, women who sacrificed their lives, their dignity, their their livelihood, and their comfort zone to obey God. And they did that. Because they obey Daniel went through the same thing too But you see what happened Daniel was peaceful He did not think another guy hold the lions away from Daniel You see that's powerful That's exactly what happened to the homeschool movement That's now is all over 50 states Even though they try to find ways to outlaw out, uh, outlaw homeschooling But still, it is a right to homeschool your child at home. But I want you to look at civil rights movement. I want to look at the feminist movement, the abortion movement, all those things right here. All three of those things I just stipulate were protests. And even though the homeschool movement uh, did not have any protests and passed by law and everything else, the abortion thing was a protest movement that was passed by law. The civil rights was a protest movement was passed by law. And the um and I, I almost forgot homosexual movement, you know, things like that. You know, same-sex movement was protest by law. All of these, and it's still protesting to this day. You got so many people protesting these laws and the stipulations that. Is a problem in the whole forefront. The problem is, is that God, they say God was in it. Especially with the civil rights movement. God, if God was in it, how come a lot of people died? How come a lot of people got hurt, murdered, everything? Then, if God was in it, and it was, if they were faithful and they stayed focused on God, God would move to change the law that they did with homeschooling. Abortion thing would never exist because it would not be a right for a woman to kill their child. And for the homosexual same service that you know that's the privacy from the match. So think about that for a minute. You got so many issues going on in our world today that's got, that leads to protesting. And Doing all these things to have a public this of sub today are for and against But if you look at homeschooling It's not like that then you got up. This is the kicker Homeschooling was started by Christians But now secular people want the part of because they want to really teach their children how to be far left and, and It's getting worse and now as homeschooled people start to realize something here, what did we start? Well, you allow tolerance, you allow tolerance that's something that's biblical to become more fragile. But see, this is one thing about God I love. God is a God of freedom, but He never tried to evoke rules, He He inbounds commandments. And let me explain that, too, because this is something we're going to talk a whole lot more as we go a little bit further with this whole thing. God never, ever talk, never push, push rules into people's lives because rules is made by man. God always encompass commandments because he is a holy God. He is a just God. And a, and a just God is always for justice, and when you have justice, it's a commandment. It's not a rule because rules are made to be broken. Commandments are not. You see, because think about our laws in our country. We got rules and law in our country today that are broken every single day because it's made by man. But with something that's made by God. People got a choice to follow it or go against it. Because, and that means that nobody can break the commandment or they will submit to the commandment and follow it all the way through. That is a big, huge difference. I want you to think about that, because if you, if you sit and put it into this way of what people think that God has a bunch of rules in a rule book, that's a lie. Feminists believe like that, they do believe that God has a, a certain rule, but that's why they want to change the Bible to fit their narrative. Same thing with the social justice movement, same thing, they want to change the gospels, change the Bible to fit their narrative, and it doesn't. So that's why it's very, very important to really look at the facts before you go and jump into conclusions here. The the whole thing is, is that God never told a person or anyone to change his commandments. No. Because everything that the Bible is written is inspired by God, came from God, rendered through man. So even some men who wrote the Bible are wondering, man, God, Lord, really? You know, I, I, I don't know, but that's probably what they're thinking about. It's not, some, you know, it's not just a set of rules. It's, a, it's commandments from him. And those commandments are very, very, very deep with God because he always makes sure that his word goes forward before anything else. That is something very entirely different when you try to change God to do something that is not of his will. Don't you think about that? So that's why I personally believe once we get into the study here of what's going on with the feminist apostate, you will see what I'm talking about. Of course, you will get angry, you will get mad, you will get upset. You will start to call me everything but a child of God. You will say that, no, you don't know what you're talking about, Cleveland. You will say all kinds of other things about me. And you're going to also will come to grips to call me a, a heretic just because I'm pulling scripture out. And I'm not doing this because... Of my health, do you think I want to do this? Do you think I want I'm sit here day by day, just to say I want to find a way to hurt someone? No, I would never want to do that because one of the biggest things and people who know me will never will tell you, Cleve not out there to hurt you. But when something is of God and something God is wanting to put out there, He always come with His word. And he used it like a two edged sword, cut through all kinds of bone and marrow to pierce that heart. Because it's always need to be checked. I check my heart. And believe me, some of the things in my life, I'm be like, God, Lord, have mercy, what's wrong with me? And I do that. And I had to really come to a full check view of things. Now, you could take it or you could leave it. But that is the bald-faced truth on the matter, that we are standing in the glimpse of all of this stuff that's going on in in the body of Christ that is literally changing the way that the gospel is being preached, teach, and ministered out to those becoming disciples. That is a huge problem. And that right there is something that we have to stand for. If you said you are a child God. So I'm just saying here, this is going to be hard for me. And believe me, the more we talk about it, uh, I don't want this on my head. But um, I'm going to tell you right now, this is something that you guys, y'all going to say some really mean stuff to me. As we talk about this thing, the feminist apostates were a view. So let's buck up. Let's get ready. We're about to get into some territory that will change and cause the people to really do two things. To be for what the Bible had to say or be against what the Bible had to say. And so friendship is going to be lost. Because when God comes in, He always splits up the the things. He did this before with so many areas. He did so many times to really bring out the truth into people's lives. And I want to just just come out and let you know this is hard. This is going to be a hard thing. So, we're going to go forward, we're going to stay here. But let's go ahead and we'll get started with this very soon.
0: USA.life is America's new social network. The answer to Facebook and Twitter censoring Christians, conservatives, patriotic speech, family values, and liberty. This is where you freely share and find life, liberty, and happiness. You connect with people, groups, and businesses important to you. Go to w.usa.life today and sign up for a free account.
1: All right. Back And in rare form, yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know. Even I, you know, I'm gonna tell you something. It's really funny with all this because you know people really don't know what is the background of this war that's going on in the body of Christ. And you know, it all really started to be way, way, way before. The church was was really formed. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, the war between everything because of how God made it between God and Satan, it was mainly what it was started right at the Garden Eden. And lots of times we wonder the the human nature of what we do as something that we're trying to figure out. I, I, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking about it even now. just like, wait a minute. You know, why are we fighting this war? Why is this war what was was wa- no, waged against us? I mean, why was this war was waged? Because of sin. And one of the biggest things that I know is now. And, you know, when you watch anything, I don't care if it's news, sitcoms, or even... This is uh, watch evil, you no, know, sports events or, you know, anything that's simple in life. It's always some kind of competition between a man and a woman. And you think about it, that has started way in the garden eating. Now, a lot of women now will definitely will try to fight me too for now on this, this whole issue here. Matter of fact, I know a lot of women will put me on a a particular place in their head, in their mind, and everything else about this whole issue here. I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to make a mockery towards women. I think God made it quite clear that it's not... um, Good for a man to be alone, that I'm gonna make a help me to be sued before him. I mean, God made that clear when He made a woman, He made it clear. It's no ifs ands, bust about that. You should not cross that bridge to really assume that God really wants this to be something between a man and a woman. But if you think on the the, the whole callus of what's going on in our world today is so stimulating that a lot of the stuff that's being said, done, and flip has caused because of sin. And that's the main focus that I'm going to be really hammering on is sin. Not towards women, not towards what they are, who they are, what God made them to be. But to really put the the truth out here to be honest that you know when, uh, uh, women are God God made women and God did a perfect job when he made them. Unfortunately, sin came in and ripped all of that. And we wanna go ahead and I'm going to tell you right here, right now. We're going we're gonna just go ahead and put sin on the forefront feminism is not of God and it never will be same thing of, 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 of equal uh, the equality you no know, equal uh, inequality all the other stuff going on this is ripping the church apart however there is so many women are in the church and do tell that's something for men to look into why why they are there and how come but even from that standpoint it's so many people don't misquote scripture, especially with the Proverbs 31 uh, uh, verse they think that every woman should be entitled to that kind of life and God calls a woman to be that way that's not even biblical sound and we're going to read on Proverbs 31 1, uh, 1 uh, uh, the thirty-first. I mean, thirty-first chapter of Proverbs. That what God really said. I mean, God did say some stuff. He did not equivalently say this is His purpose. It was a proverb. A proverb is a wise saying or a what. A, I know it, but it's, it's in the Bible. Yes, it's in the Bible, but that's something equivalent to why God put that there for a reason. It was never intended to be a something that a woman should be. And for one thing, a lot of women are disqualified in this. A lot of women are disqualified to be a proverbs 31 woman. That's a true statement. A lot of women are. And we have in our society today that they're trying to take that into consideration, say this is the, the, the way that God wants a woman to be. No. Even my own wife could tell you that this is never what God intended for a Godly woman to be. This is something as it is was said in the Bible that it is meant to, for a king to look for a wife this way keyword wife it did not say um, anything else but wife okay and see this is another thing too a lot of people go in and don't read all the verse, read the whole chapter they read some of it to declare something that's not biblical I'm gonna read the whole thing and it's entirely, and let you look at this. Then we're gonna go into what this stuff is all about with feminism. Let's read here. It says here Proverbs thirty-one, one. It says the words of King Lemuel's mother. That's 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 all you need to know. The words from King Lemuel's mother. Here he is The words for Kimmel, the other is which his mother taught him. His mother taught him this. He says, what my son and what son of my womb and what and what son of my vows means that she was married. You got to have vows to be married in a lot of aspects of everything. Nor no, do not give your strength to women. Okay. We should go and move on and go to the next, but let's continue on here. Nor your ways to which to that which destroys kings. And if you think about it, nor your ways means that your emotions, your your heart into the matter. It says it's not it is not for kings, Olamil. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes to intoxicate and drink, lest. They drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Give strong wine to him who is perishing and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. Open your mouth for the speechless, in the case of all who are appointed to die. Open the mouth, open your mouth. Judge righteously and plead the case of the poor and the needy. This is this is what his mother was teaching Lamille. and here is really when she started to tell you what a, a queen a wife, supposed to be. If you are not married or divorced, you are not a Proverbs 31 woman, nor does the Proverbs 31 woman has any kind of uh, in questionable thing that is being said. Here he is. This is what you need to read. Once you keep on hearing what it says, you don't need to understand This here should get you to understand something here. You need to read the whole chapter of Proverbs 31 and ask ask the Holy Spirit to lead you to this truth. Not just you women, it's every man too. Because everybody needs to understand what he's saying here. Because there's a lot of people in society today, right? A lot of single mothers, a lot of single women, and we're going to talk about feminism to the max. And we're going to talk about Christian feminism because this is our biblical. And we're going to do a lot of contrast of what the Bible had to say and what the world is saying and why it is on, all of this is so, 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 so not biblical at all. Non biblical whatsoever. Here he is Proverbs 10, uh, 31 10. It says, Who can find a virtuous wife? Bingo. Virtuous wife. If you look at the word virtuous, it means something so big into the context of any kind of NK English dictionary, including Aramaic and Hebrew. It means something more valuable. There here is why. For her worth is far above rubies, the heart of her husband. Key word, husband. Not boyfriend, not someone you shack it with, not your baby mama or or baby daddy. Okay, here he is. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. So that means that the man gotta safely trust his wife with his heart. know, see, a lot of women miss that. They skip over that because they wanna get to all the things that she does. But see, this is something that... It doesn't uh, make it a, a commandment that she does. It's something that she's willing to do. Means that she submit her life to her husband, not to the life a society says she should. Here he is. Okay? She So he will have no lack of gain. Means that she will not try to overcome him to try to rule over him. To, in other words, to try to say that she is the head of the home. That's why the sin of a woman, if you go to Genesis chapter 3, it indicates that very thing that the woman would desire to be with a, a man, meaning that she wants to rule over him, control him. And a lot of women doing that, especially to this day and age, feminism make that happen. Let's continue on here. Okay? She does him good, no evil. I'm going to continue on. I'm going to read this whole thing and not stop it so you can see why we need to put all this into rest here. Okay? Now, all of the days of her life, okay, she seek will and flats and willingly works with her hands. She is like a merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. She also rides while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her her maidservants. She considers the field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strength of her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out By night, she stretches out her hands to the this salve, and her hands hold the spindle, and she extends her hand to the poor. Yet she reaches out her hand to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with. Scarf, she made tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sacks for the merchants. Um, she uh, strengths are uh, uh, strengths and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come she opened her mouth of wisdom and, and on her tongue is the law of kindness she watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness her children rise up and call her blessed and her husband also prays her many doors have done well but you exceed see them all Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord shall, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Okay. Make sense so far. Why am I reading this? Here is why. We're going to give you what that of Christian feminism is. But let's go into this whole thing of what is feminism. Okay? What is it? Why is this bad? How come this is going on here? Well, feminism is entirely is exactly what it is. It is a due diligence of why, um, A woman wants to be what she is. Well, this is what it is to the world. That feminism, Christian feminism, and I'm going to read this here to the full effect. It's a school of Christian theology. No, it's not, but that's what it says in Wikipedia. Which seeks the advance and understanding of equality of men and women morally, socially, spiritually, and in leadership from a Christian perspective. Christian feminists argue that contributions by women and an acknowledgement of women's values are necessary to complete understanding of Christianity. That's not biblical sound, but we'll talk a little bit more in a minute. Christian feminists believe that God does not discriminate on the base of biological determined characteristics such as sex and race, but to create all humans to exist in harmony and equality, regardless of race and or gender. Christian feminists generally advocate for anti intersistent or incisorous, absolutely crane sentimentism. Now, I know I probably said that wrong, but that's what it says here, as part of their belief system, a that gender identities does not uh, do not mandate a certain set of personality traits That is it's really going against the Bible. let's continue on. their main issue includes the the, the, ordination, the um ordination of women, biblical equality in marriage. Recognition of acquired the spiritual moral ability, reproductive rights. Let's continue on. I'm gonna read a little bit more. The integration of gender-neutral pronouns within writings and readings of the Bible, changes of the Bible, and the search of the feminine or gender transcending div, uh, divine. Christian feminists often draw on the teachings of other religious and ideologies in addition to biblical evidence and other Christian-based texts throughout history that advocates for women's rights. Okay? I'm going to read this here to, to summon all, once and for all. The term Christian egalitarianism, ...is often preferred by those advocating gender equality and equality among Christians who do not wish to associate themselves with feminist movement. In other words, this here is exactly why feminism is not biblical. Because they are talking about gender reproductive rights versus abortion... Integration of gender-neutral pronouns because when God is talking about he, they said that he's a male, and they don't like that. I mean, it's been like that since God made man, that he always referred to as he, or a male, or a figurehead male, because he's a father, and you got the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then they say, well, what's the Holy Spirit? Is it a female? No. See, that's where he goes in. That's the spirit of God. And people want to use it to try to constitute their belief. So that's not biblical. None of it is biblical. But this is what's going on because we go back to Proverbs. And this is where a lot of women believe that this is what a woman is supposed to do. Go out outside the family. And do her thing to bring stuff to the family. No. This is total wrong. This here about the Proverbs 31 woman. Oh, man. Let me tell you something. That's another subject and a half to really talk into so many calibers about the Proverbs 31 woman. But it's not even where Bi- the Bible stated. So let's see what the Bible had to say about feminism. Because here's the question that is especially important to Christian women. Okay. Does the word of God address feminism? That's a good word. Does the word God address it? The modern concept of feminism was not present during the time that the Bible was written, but that does not mean the Bible has nothing to say on the base issues of feminism. Okay. Now, even when the scriptures seem to be silent on something that affects us today, there are eternal principles that speak to the underlying issue here. First, we should define feminism. Okay. Now, since the term has, a different, has different meanings from different people, basically, feminism is a philosophy that advocates equal rights for women and men socially, politically economically, in other words, in other ways. Early feminists fought for and and won the suffrage for women. They did. Like Susan B. Anthony and um, uh, I think it's a joint, uh, uh, truth. That's probably for uh, the black suffrage too, but we could go a little bit further here. But today's feminists go f- further than demanding e- equal treatment of men and women. However, Most feminists fight for language equality, saying chairperson instead of chairman. Even if the person is questioned is a man or a male and gender equality, redefining uh, femininity and masculinity. That's true. The more radical feminists actively seek to overthrow any vestiges of male dominance in society. And this is going on. This is even in the church to the point of opposing the biblical roles of a husband and wife. The, the defiant, they define abortion on demand and promote lesbianism. They do radical feminists deny that there is any difference between men, men and women teaching that, any perceived differences between the senses is due solely of social conditioning. That's what's going on right now. Why is going on? Well, because think about it. If that is going on it's so heavily, man, shoot, think about it. That stuff um, is really, really problem. It's problematic. And we have so many things that's going on in our society. That's causing that, because think about it: the modern feminist is a counterfeit solution to the real issues of inequality of women in a sinful society. Feminist, you know, arrogates uh, to itself the right of the man respect and inquiry to every aspect of life. Feminism, based on um, arrogance, and is to the opposite of call to be born again believer to be a servant. The modern militant feminists call women to rise up and rebel against the order that God has given to mankind. That brand of feminism seeks to impose humanistic values in uh, direct, uh, in let me hold a second here. Something is really powerful. I just thought about this because it is in, uh, in direct opposition to the word God. That's why it's really, really so it's, it's really messed up that you have women as preachers. Mm. That is the big, huge difference. Feminism was originally a positive movement focused on giving women the basic rights God intended for every human being to have. It was. Tragically, feminism now focused on destroying all distinctions in the role of men and women. It does. So what then should a Christian view of feminism? A believing woman who is seeking to obey God and walking in peace and grace should remember that she has equal access to all spiritual being and blessings in Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile slave nor free male or female for you all one in Christ Jesus. Galatians chapter three, verses 28, right? A movement, a movement, right? That's what it is. A movement. and A believing woman should not allow herself to be used as a pawn in a worthy agenda of feminist movement. They shouldn't. That's why these protests is going on. That should give you some kind of warning. This is not biblical. So why are we so hyper focused on the the uh? the callous on this this matter? Because think of it, and I'm gonna read this here. Men. And women have a god given privilege to fulfill the plan he has set for us. Rebellion against the plan and the arrogance that seeks to put self above God's word brings difficult consequences. We see those consequences in the destruction of the relations between husband and wives. The destruction of family and the laws of Respect for human life. That right there is the problem. That is the huge problem. And let me go a little bit further here. And this is something that's really, really powerful. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful men, the lust of the eyes, and the boasting of what he has does comes not from the Father, but from the world. First John chapter 2, verse 16. The principles of the fall are present in this verse of today. Eve believed the lie that eating, that eating the fruit will bring her wisdom. She lost. She took something that was forbidden. This is the base for modern feminism movement. That is. And we will go a little bit further here in a little bit here. Women has brought into the lie that feminism will bring them the power of freedom that they that think they want and deserve. However, the promise is empty, and for the premises of the root of all of this is pride. Pride goes before the fall, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. This is what is the problem, and this is something we need to address. So thinking about it like this here. In the last decade, has since the rise of the society that is so concerned with political correctness and so sensitive to be offended by the civility has lost its way. However, this is really nothing new. For there are always being inequality in the world. It is sad but true that the artificial barriers has always uh, divided humanity, barriers that have no base in God's word. It is sin in the heart that causes inequality and sin that causes men to treat women the way they are meant to be demeaned and objectified themselves. But that is a powerful God that we serve and he does change things. But see, this is farther, this is farther from everything we have said and told. So now we need to get into the base of why this is going on. And we will in a few minutes. Stay tuned.
0: USA.life is America's new social network. The answer to Facebook and Twitter censoring Christians, conservatives, patriotic speech, family values, and liberty. This is where you freely share and find life, liberty, and happiness. You connect with people, groups, and businesses important to you. Go to w.usa.life today and sign up for a free account.
1: All right. Welcome back to this powerful thing about the feminist apostates were viewed. This is really, 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 really started to become, man, okay, Cleveland, you are you are hitting a, you know, a hornet's nest on this. Well, we're about to get into a little bit more here of why we need to talk about this. And here is some of the things that's going on. The feminist Feminism remains one of the most urgent issues in the church it's facing today, as shown by the increase of confusion over gender roles in marriage, family, and churches now, with the growing number of theologians and denominations advocating radical gender egalitarianism. We must answer many questions about women in the church and in the wider culture. In other words, in order to do this, we first, first, know we need to really understand why this is happening, and we need to develop this thing to understand why the their, the feminists have a worldview like they do. Let's go into this a little bit deeper here. Okay, then we're going to talk a little about the various stuff that is really sickening, because a lot of times we need to really pass this 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 line here. And we need to go into this in a way that really comes to the perspective of feminism. Now, I'm going to read something here, and I picked this up online, and um, it's really, really good. And I'm going to read a lot of it because this here is really, really deep. And I'm going to just blaze through it because I believe what was written is written May, 20, uh, May 27, seventh twenty. Or two thousand three, that's several years ago. That's like sixteen years ago, and it was written by Susan Bolin. And I'm gonna read this here. I'm gonna read it, and I'm going to read it directly to what is going on him, because this is the worldview. The worldview of feminism has, has permeated just about every aspect of American life, education, and culture. We see it in the way men are portrayed in, as lovable but stupid buffoons on television programs, movies, also um, even music. They do this. We see it in the ways boys are punished and marginalized in school for not being enough like girls. We see in political correct speeches that attempts to change the way people think by harassing them for their choice of words. The anger and frustration that drove feminists in history is legitimate. Women has been devalued and dishonored ever since the fall of man. Well, definitely that's right but it's wrong because if you look at it, Women have causes because of sin, because they believe in lie from the devil. But let's continue on here. The very real harmful inequalities needed to be addressed and it's important to honor some of the success of, of feminists at this. But at the same time, we need to examine and expose the worldview that fuels much of the feminist thought. This is true. Modern Day Feminist Goals, it's got this major start with Betty Friedan. Now, Betty Friedan is an atheist. She's a Jew. She Her husband was a full-blown communist. Okay? Yes, she was married. But her husband was a complete abusive man. And she drove that anger that she had towards men because of her husband and she became a feminist that's a true statement because here because thinking about it if you think about her her book called the feminine M- M- mystique in which she coins the phrase the housewives laws to describe millions of unfulfilled women there are Many reasons that women can feel unfulfilled and dishonored, but for a Christian perspective, this is something that we need to look at and see why this disconnect from God and disconnect from the living out his purpose for our lives. Now, this is this is something that we need to look at because Barry Freeman looks unhappy, unfulfilled woman, and diagnoses the problem as patriarchy, meaning a man lead a woman, which, mean, you know, which is in a male-dominated society. If women are unhappy, the reason is that men are in charge. That's the main reason why they act in the way. Now, the early feminists decide that women are opposed because bearing and racial children is a severe limitation and liability. What makes women different from men uh, equals to weaknesses, the weakness of them. The next step then is and, and was to overcome the difference so that women could be just like men. The invention of birth control pill helps fuel that illusion. Then abortion, then homosexuality, or, or you know, LGBTQT, all this other stuff, and women's rights, and the list goes on. Now, here's some more. Out of the conscious race groups in the 1970s came a shift of the view of women's differences. Instead of seeing those differences as a weakness, they now saw those differences as a source of pride and confidence. It was now a good thing to be a woman. The next step in feminist thought was the woman, the women were not just equal to men but better than men. That spawned Famous quotes from Gloria Stanton, which is another feminist, that a woman without a man is like a fish without a bike. Male bats become a sport in the 1990s. This is during my time. No, I'm serious. This is what's going on. It's a lot of people don't understand why a woman want to be single. They don't want to be married. But let's continue on here. feminists said feminism said the problem with patriarchal male dominant society the problem is actually the sin within a god-ordained hierarchy in our father world there are there are going to be problems between men and women especially abuses of power we must not confuse abuses of structure with this structure itself okay that to the point of what's going on in the church. And I want to put this in the emphasis on here because it's very important we need to come to grips of hear what's going on in the church. Feminism has a preeminent uh, our culture that we should not be surprised that it has an impact in the church as well. Religious feminists uncovered the church women, blah, blah. Okay? They did. People become aware that for the most part, women are regulated to serve positions like making coffee and rocking babies. If a woman has gifts in teaching, shepherding, administration, or evangelism, she was out of luck. The Magna car of Christian feminists is in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. In Christ, there are no male or female. However, the context of this verse is not about equal rights. Okay? This is what's going on. And we're going to talk about why the rise of women preachers came up in a minute. But that all believers have the same position of humanity as the foot, you no, know, at the foot of cross. The issue isn't is not capacity, but God-ordained positions within the God-ordained authority structure of male leadership. Other biblical passages that goes into detail about gender dependent roles should show that Galatians uh, 3.28 cannot mean the, the obliteration of those roles. There are two main areas where religious feminists seek to change gender roles. The roles of women in the church and the roles of women in marriage. I want you to repeat that right now. The roles of women in the church and the role of women in marriage. The discussion has produced two camps egalitarians and complementarians. The egalitarians are the feminist camp. With the emphasis of equality of roles, not just value, they believe that hierarchy produces inequality. So that means God hierarchy produces the inequality within the women. That's what is really going on. And, and that different means unequal. That is in a lot of terms is why a lot of stuff is going on with the stuff that's going on today. And that's why we you look at it and say, wait a minute. So you saying, is that the stuff is going on in the church is because they bring all this into the church. Well, let's continue on here because you, you got the you got the understanding here. But let's continue on here. The solution, therefore, this is their solution, is to get rid of the differences between men and women's roles. Women should be ordained, allowed to occupy the office of pastor and elder, and exercise authority over others in the church. Instead of the difference in the roles of the husband and wife, spouses are called mutual submission. That's not biblical. Biblical. That's what's going on today. Here's some more. The Equitarians are reacting against a very real problem in the church. But the problem of authority, but the problem of authoritarian men and women regulate to minor servant positions is due to the abuse and distortion. Of the hierarchy God God's design. Now, egotarians reject the male authority structure along with the abuse of the structure. This is what complementarians uh, believe. Right here. They believe that God has ordained a hierarchy of authority in the church and within the families that reflects the hierarchy of authority within the Trinity. And just as... There are equality in the Trinity, there are equality in the church and the marriage because we are made in the image of God. Now, women are just as gifted as men, but there are biblical restrictions on the exercise of some of those gifts, such as not teaching men from the position of authority and not occupying the office of pastor and elder. In marriage, wives are called to submit to their husbands, and mutual submission in the marriage is no more appropriate than submission to submission of parents to children. Christian feminists did not evaluate which structure of, of uh, structures of hierarchy of leadership were there because God designed them that way. They just demand wholesale change, but some things. Are worth keeping, just like thinking about it. Titus, Timothy, it, perfect example of that. They are saying that Paul. If you don't believe me, Paul make this very, very clear, and I'm gonna go to it because it, obviously you don't believe what I'm saying because I'm gonna go ahead come to the cuff here because Paul was saying this in in a lot of terms of what's going on here. And I'm going to go ahead and read this here because this here is powerful. And I want to put this out here because this is something that Paul, through God, is saying that this here is why a man should lead. Here it First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. It says, prayer for all men. Okay? And I want to read this here because this has got a pivotal point here. And I really want to focus on this. Therefore, I absorb first of all the supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and give of thanks by many, by many made for all men for kings and all who are in authority Kings and all who are authority That we may lead and a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence for this is good and acceptable in the sight of god our savior and Who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth for there is one god one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time for which I was appointing a preacher and a apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Here is where Paul put the whole thing in. I desire therefore that the men, Okay. Pray everywhere, lift up holy hands without wrath or doubt, in like manner also that the women adorn themselves in a modest apparel by priority and um, moderation, not with braiding hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, but which are proper for the women professing godliness with good works. Let a woman learn in silence with all submission. This is God talking to Paul with this whole matter. And I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be silent. For Adam was born first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived. But the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Why would Paul say that? Because that's what he's saying here. Nevertheless, she will be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, love, holiness, with self-control. The word self-control here means in, in into work into God with submission to her husband. Because the qualifications for an overseer is this, and we're going to hit this here when we talk about women preachers. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he, not woman, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband, not wife, of one wife, not two women, but not a single woman, not even a position to be an apostle or a preacher, but one uh, The wife of one wife, temper sober mind of what? Good behavior. This is chapter three of First Timothy. Okay? Right? Good behavior. Good hospital, able to teach. The husband had to be able to teach. Not give it to one, no vows, no greed for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, Nor covetous one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the the church of God? If that is on a male, uh, of a man, what makes you think that a woman would do it? Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same combination as the devil. Moreover, he must have good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and in the snare of the devil. This is a lot of things that a man has to do to even become the position of a bishop, of an overseer, or a pastor. This is not only in Timothy, this is in second Timothy, and it's also in Titus. So, why would a woman want this position to be to rule over a man? why? Why would a woman want this position to rule over a man? Good question, huh? I mean, it is so disturbing because it is w- so many ways defines the common denominator that that this here. Is what God has called man to be. They're saying that you have to submit because the woman needs, you know that that submission. She needs to be submitted to because she did, she was deceived. But a man is called to do what God called him to do to lead the home, not for a woman to lead the home. And I know what you're thinking you- I know exactly what you're thinking Cleveland why? why would God allow women to preach? No, he didn't. society did because of feminism. I'm not joking here. you think I'm okay i'm on, I'm gonna put this in this perspective right now. <laughs> And let's let's continue on of why Christian feminism is bad. And I'm going to disarm the history of it, and I'm going to put it into a perspective of it. Because I want to tell you this is what God did not do this. Here he is. Let's go to the history of it for a few minutes here. There's some Christian feminists believe that The principle of egalitarianism was present in the teachings of Jesus and the early church movements. But this is as a highly contested view by men, feminist scholars who believe that Christianity itself relies heavily on gender roles. Now, I'm going to tell you something that's really need to be said here. It's not all based on women. Feminists is not based on women. It's some men involved with this a lot of men involved and we're gonna read a little bit more here okay and put it into a nutshell of why this stuff is happening okay these interpretations of christian origins has been criticized by secular feminists as agronomism or economic projectivism i don't know they use all these words it doesn't make sense i understand them more because it, it it I'm going to put it in a nutshell. They try to say that you can't enter, uh, you can't chronicle where this comes from. Because some of these people are not Christians. But they link themselves to they, people who call themselves Christians to say this is what is happening. Let's continue on here. They talk about all this stuff with contemporary ideas back into the first century. In the mid-ages, mid, mid ages, like Julian of Norwich and Hildegard of Benderin okay explore the idea of divine power with both masculine and feminist characteristics feminists work feminist works from the 15th and to the 17th century address objections to women learning teaching and preaching in religious content one of the pro-feminists pro-fem, uh, 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 was Anne hutchman who was cast out of the Puritan to of Massachusetts for teaching on the divinity of and women and the rights of women. She did because she really was trying to start the court talking about we need rights. The first wave of feminism in the 19th century and the early 20th century includes the increased interest of the place of women in religion. Women who were campaigning for, do- for their rights began to question their inf- inf- inferiority, both within the church and in other spheres, which had previously been justified by church teachings. Now, some of the Christian feminists of this period were Mary, not Mary, Marie, Margaret, Catherine, Burchnell, Catherine Booth, Frances Willer, and Elizabeth Kastangan. During the 1960s and 1960s, men and evangelist, uh, evangelist women were influenced by the civil rights movement. You see about where all these connections coming from with the social justice and stuff like that? I digress. Let's continue on. Christian feminists began writing and publishing articles that address reproductive rights as well as inequality in marriage and in religious hierarchy. In response to those articles, groups such as the EWC or the Evangelist Women Caucus and the ESA, the Evangelist of Societal Action, were formed in order to create a society movement in the church toward equality which was motivated by christian feminist ideals that god create all people as equals that was going on they they did this here in the 1970s the this stuff here really puts everything in perspective of what's going on that tells you if God really wants this to go on and this is biblical. Why would you have to go through so many links to make it happen? Now, if it was a persecution of the faith, then and they would be martyred. It would be a lot of things that God would change it. Just like I was talking about the homeschool movement. If the homeschool movement had no protest was going on, and everything was biblical according to the Bible, and things change, then why is we having issues with this thing going on with women's rights, reproductive rights, same-sex marriage, everything else, if this was biblical? But it's not. This is proof that it's not biblical. This is proof that God did not want this to continue on because it brings... It takes them out of what their role as a woman, as a wife. Is a lot of women in our society today really believe they are called to preach? Is a lot of women's society believe that? I mean, preach. I ain't talk about minister. Difference between minister and preaching is two different things here. Preaching is the act of being at the pulpit. And be a pastor and lead a flock. Ministering is that you're using the gifts that God gives you, under the influence and under the leadership of God through the Holy Spirit to minister to people who could be of, of the same faith, like women and children. That's a difference, and we have so many people leaning and believing that we should have that construct. To really say, hey, you know, um, this is this is this is crazy here, and this is what's going on. But let me let's do this here, and I want to put this into the perspective of why that women never call a woman to preach, never call a woman to preach at all. And I'm going to we're going to have scriptures that proves that, but I just prove it right here in First Timothy about it. Women should think that God changed his mind all these years. That's what's wrong with the feminist movement. And it's not, like I said, it's not because of women. It started with that, but they were persuaded by men who was standing by the faith, but never, ever go and pray to the Father God about it. So this is a problem. That's across the board no matter what So we're going to continue on And I'm going to bring up about women preachers on the last seven I know this has got to be said So I'm going to say it And we're going to talk about it in a few minutes Stay tuned
0: USA.life is America's new social network The answer to Facebook and Twitter censoring Christians Conservatives Patriotic speech Family values And liberty This is where you freely share and find life, liberty, and happiness. You connect with people, groups, and businesses important to you. Go to w.usa.life today and sign up for a free account.
1: All right, we are back. And I do thank each and every one of you to be part of this because um, I know that a lot of people will get stipulated about it because of the way everything is being surfaced. Talk about and so many meanings that's going into it. But I want to really touch this subject matter into the reason of why it needs to be touched. It needs to be talked about. It needs to be said on that. Because now we are going into the meat and potatoes of the whole thing and why this thing is really, really getting bad in the church and why is there a division in it. Now, a lot of people will assume that the division is all because of the things that's not going on, and they bring all the stuff. We already talked about the, the 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 rise of progressive Christianity to the social justice gospel. Now, we are actually going into it with the feminist apostates worldview to the point of now we are going to see – why all these things is happening and we're going to go into this by actually putting into a perspective about can a woman be a pastor or a preacher and see this is one of the biggest huge issues that's been going on in the church and it's very very hotly debated in the church today that the issue that women serving as pastors and preachers now as a result it's very important not to see this issue as a men versus women It's not. There are women who believe women should not serve as pastors and that the Bible places restrictions on the ministry of women. They do. And there are men who believe that women can serve as pastors, that they are not restrictions on women in ministry. See, that's where the problem leads right there. Now, it's not the issue of chauvinism or discrimination. It's really the issue of Bible interpretation. It was a woman that one uh, uh, person was telling me about, and manifest sent me some link. I can't find her with a lick, but I want to tell you several women who were involved. And a lot of them are pastors, preachers of the, of, of, you know, supposed to be in the, post being the body of Christ. But see, this is some problem with that because God did not call women to, to preach and never did. Now, the word God proclaims a woman should learn in quietness and full submission. It did not permit a woman to teach or have a, have authority over a man. She must be silent. And that's the first memory. Read this in first Timothy, chapter two, 11 and 12. In the church God assigns different roles to men and women. These and this is the result of why mankind is created in the way we which sin enters into the world. First Timothy chapter two verse thirteen and fourteen. Now God through the apostle Paul restricts women for serving in roles of teaching and or having spiritual authority over men. This preludes women for serving the as pastors over men, which definitely includes preaching to them, teaching them publicly, and exercise spiritual authority over them. Now, my people, boy, will say about this teaching them publicly here at the Virginia Christian Radio Network. Let me clarify two things about this. Teaching them publicly is like if you having a big thing like Joyce Myers or Beth Moore or um, Paula White or even some of the people from like um, Tony Evans, doors to them doing that's that's preaching publicly to a widespread men, but not a conference for women. You see, see, uh, and if it was a conference for women. Then that conference for women are focused on women things. If a man's there in that conference, then that doesn't disqualify of her to preach, to, to teach women how to be women. If he's there, that's on his own prerogative. But for a woman to publicly do it, and there's so a lot of women, especially like um Beth Moore. Uh, Joyce Myers, um, and a, a whole proliferate uh, of women that are literally trying to preach to men, that is not spiritual. That's not biblical. It's not even according to the word of God. That's not. Because God did not call for a woman to do that. Another thing is another problem with that is this, that you got so many women, right? so many women, is um really believe that if they are married to their husbands and for them to be submissive wives they had become pastors with them i got people i know personally that's like this that's not biblical sound as well because god never gave the woman authority to be a pastor even for the tire for it or even though the, the know the they the, the know how to do it because if god did then it will be biblical sound when she's married to a husband, she become a pastor, but it's never invoked into the word God of that notion. Here he is, because there are so many objections to this view of women as pastoral ministry. A common one is that Paul restricts women from teaching because of the, of the first century. Women were typically uneducated. That's not true. However, in First Timothy chapter two, verse eleven to fourteen, nowhere mentions educational status. If the education was a qualification for ministry, then the majority of Jesus' disciples would would not have been qualified. This is something that's wrong with a lot of these theological seminaries. A lot of theological seminaries has put in the emphasis that you should have some kind of backing you know the scripture, but it did not qualify that. It, you should be reading your scripture. You should read the Word God every day, and you should be very versed into it. But it never says you should be educated into the point to go to some uh institution to learn the scriptures. Now you could learn it and, and understand different things that need to be expound in, into it, but it never qualifies you to understand it. That's the truth. You do need to understand the scripture from the Holy Spirit persona. Because once you understand it, that's where the Holy Spirit will lead you to the truth. The way that the society wants you to do, you got to get educated by man, but not educated through God. Let's continue on here now. The second common objection is this, that Paul only restricted the women in Ephesus from the teaching men. That's in 1 Timothy, which was written to Timothy, the pastor of the church in Ephesus. Okay? Now, Ephesus was known for his temple of emiraces, and the women were the authorities in the branch of paganism. Therefore, the theory goes, Paul was only restricting or reacting against the female-led customs of Ephesus of the Ephesian idolaters, and the church need to be different. But see, however, the book of Timothy no word mentions em- Emerson, nor did Paul mention the standard practices of Emerson's worshipers at the reason for the restriction in Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11-12. Never did. So that theory is out of the way. Okay. Think about it. Because, see, Paul was not just addressing because of what was going on in Ephesus. He was addressing it as a whole in the body. And a lot of people don't want to hear that notion because they want to regulate to think that Paul was being chauvinistic and also that Paul was not was thinking highly of women. That is not the case at all. Because if there was a case then Paul will specifically said that women should not be in the part of ministry, not one part at all. So that's not even a true statement. And I know a lot of women pastors will say that God did call for a woman to preach because they were the first to saw Jesus Christ when he was he rose from the dead. That doesn't mean that there was called for them to preach. This is go tell them. That doesn't go. Go tell my disciples, clip here, that know to come and I'll be with them. I mean, I emphasize the ways he said, but that's going into the gospels. But that did not call for a woman to preach. You see, that's the problem when you twist the scripture. That right there is the biggest huge problem that's going on with women pastors, and that's not called for a woman to preach. It's called to go and tell the good news that he risen from the dead. It's not saying that she is called to preach. Let's continue on here. The third objection is that Paul is only referring to husbands and wives, not men and women in general. Now, in the Greek word, woman and man in 1 Timothy chapter 2 could refer to husbands and wives, but the basic meaning of the word is broader than that. First, the same Greek word is used in verse 8 and 10, which is in Keith and Akiogos. See, those are the words that were used in the Bible. But don't take my word for it. Read for yourself. Now, are only husbands to live up holy hands in prayer without anger and dispute? That's verse 8. Are only wives to dress modestly and have good deeds and worship God? Verse 9 and 10. Of course not. <clears throat> Verse 8 and 9 clearly refers to all men and women, not just husbands and wives. See, this is another stipulation that is really putting into the contents that 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 would indicate a narrow the narrowing to husbands wives in verses and 14, which that will be taught more in detail. This here shows that a wife never was called. To preach, a husband was, and that was a stipulation that Paul was indicating when we was reading in First Timothy here when he talked about qualifications for an overseer. There's a, a chapter three, and going into chapter three from one to uh, chapter three from one to six for an overseer, and chapter eight through thirteen for a deacon. You see, it always. Coming to you know the fact that it says husband, and that means men. It did not say women. See why is that so important to find out what's going on here? Well, because think about here, it's a lot of apostasy was going on in that time, and Paul was addressing that to Timothy in the first letter. And that's why people just try to change the Bible to fit their feelings, not to look at it and read it from the quote, quote, scriptures that is built upon. That's why we have so much problems in this culture today, because of way people want to elude that the Bible says one thing and it never says anything else different. Let's continue on here. Now, think about it. Yet another objection that this interpretation of women in pastoral ministry is in relation to women who held positions in leadership in the Bible, specifically like Miriam, Deborah, and Hula, now in the Old Testament. But it, it is true that these women were chosen by God for special service to Him. Remember, the feminist movement don't want God to be a Him. Or male, they want to be gender neutral because they want you to believe that this is biblical. It's not. Look at this here. And this is a very, very going down. It is true that these women were chosen by God for special service to him, that they stand as models of faith, courage, and yet leadership. However, the authority of women in the Old Testament was not relevant to the issues of pastors in the church. Okay. This is where the the war becomes muddy and muddled with all this t- uh, uh tanked reasoning and thought because that's what not the Bible was saying. And that's why you have issues that divide the church, divide the body of Christ because of those problems. And here's some more. This is really very, very, very very, very, very to everything else. Here he is. The New Testament epistles presents a new paradigm for God's people, the church, the body of Christ. And that paradigm involves an authority structure unique to the church, not the nation of Israel or any other Old Testament entity. That's true. If you take it from if you go and read your history, see, that's another problem we have. A lot of people don't go and read and research. They look at it and try to go by feelings because of how they feel about it instead of going into the word God and investigating yourself through his eyes. That's where we got the problem laid upon. But let's continue on here because I wanted to go a little bit deeper. Now, look at this. Similar arguments are made using Priscilla and Phoebe in the New Testament. In Acts chapter 18, Priscilla and Aquila are received as faithful ministers uh, for Christ. But Priscilla's name was mentioned first, perhaps indicated that she was more prominent in ministry than her husband. Did Priscilla and her husband teach the gospel of Jesus Christ to Apollos? Yes. In their home, they explained to him the way God more accurately, Acts chapter 18, verse 26. Does the Bible ever say that Priscilla pastored a church or taught publicly or become a spiritual leader of a congregation of saints? No. As far as we know, Priscilla was not involved in ministry actively in con- contradiction to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11-14. This is where a lot of these women pastors try to lead their congregations. And that's why you know that all of this has fallen short of what God is saying here. Look here and this is very prevalent here in this particular part in Romans chapter 16 that Phoebe was called a deacon or a servant in the church and highly commanded by Paul. But as with Priscilla, there is nothing in Scripture to to indicate that Phoebe was a pastor or a teacher of men in the church. Able to teach is given as a qualification for elders, but not for deacons. You can read that First Timothy chapter three, verses one to thirteen, Titus chapter one, verses six through nine. I mean that is in the Bible. This is the word God. This is take. This is not taking God. This is not taking the word out of God out of context here. Here's another problem here. You see. I want you to look at this in the way that God's looking at this. The structure of First Timothy chapter two, verse eleven to fourteen, makes the reason why women cannot be pastors perfectly clear. Verse thirteen begins with for. Given the cause of Paul's statements in, 11, in verses 11 through 12, we should why should women not teach and have authority over men? Because Adam was created first, then Eve. And Adam was not the one that was deceived. It was the woman, Eve, who was deceived. Verse 13 and 14 of 1 Timothy chapter 2. God created Adam first and then created Eve to be a helper for Adam. The order of creation has universal applications in the family. (Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23, and in the church. The fact that Eve was deceived is also, is also given in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14, a reason for women not to serve as pastors or have a spiritual authority over men. That does not mean that women are gullible or that they are all more easy to deceive than men. If all women are mostly easy to deceive, why would they be allowed to teach children who are easy to deceive and other women who are supposedly more easy to deceive? Think about it. The text simply says that women are not to teach men or have spiritual authority over men because Eve was deceived. God has chosen to give men the primary teacher authority in the church, not women. See, this is where a lot of people miss this whole scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14. And that's why we need to bring some clarity into it. Because of that reasoning. But here's some more here. Now, many women excel in gifts of hospitality, mercy, teaching, evangelism, and helping and serving. Now, what does that mean in teaching? It goes back to what we just talked about. Teaching children and other women how to be teaching children to understand what God sent through their husband or the man God, from the man God at home too. And also teaching other women how to be wise. That's not going on today. A lot of these ministries don't teach women how to be wise today. A lot of them teach them how to become independent, self-centered, and very, very, very rebellious towards God and their husband. And that's really what God never called a woman to do that. But that's what's going on today. And that right there is dangerous. Very, very dangerous. And that's why we have a problem to this day. Okay. So teaching that's one of the things. Evangelism, yes, everybody, God calls everyone to give, you know, to be the disciples. Okay. Everyone. Men and women, so that's another thing that's a misconception. And yes, helping and serving women are great with doing that. Hospitality and mercy, God built women to do these things. But this is this, this will answer your question why so many churches are acting feminine? Let's continue on here, okay? Let's continue on here. Much of the ministry of the local church depends on women. Women in the church are not restricted from public praying or prophesying. First Corinthians chapter eleven verse five, only for having spiritual teaching authority over men. That's what's going on with women and women preachers today. Of that notion, okay. They have it as a spiritual authority that God gave me the authority to really preach the gospel. If you hear things from anywhere, from women like Beth Moore, Joyce Myers, Hillsong, you name it, or other ministries that want to say uh, things against men and make men look small, because a lot of ministries are like that. Almost nearly 90% of them are. And that's really not good. And need to empower men, and you know, to really become men. But that's that's another that's another topic for another day. Now, the Bible nowhere restrict women to, for from exercising the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which is in First Corinthians chapter twelve. Now, women just as much as men are called to minister to others and demonstrate the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians chapter five, verses twenty two to twenty three, and to proclaim the gospel for. To the laws and that's going into Matthew chapter 28 verses 8 to 20 Acts chapter 1 verse 8 and 1st Peter chapter 3 verse 15 God has ordained that only men are to serve in positions of spiritual teaching authority in the church this is not because men are necessarily be better teachers or because women are inferior or less intelligent which is not the case It is simply the way God designed the church to function. Men are to set the example of spiritual leadership in their homes and through their words. Women are to take the lesser authoritative role. Women are encouraged to teach other women. Titus chapter 2 verse 3 to 5. The Bible also does not restrict women from teaching children. The only activity women are restricted from is teaching and having spiritual authority over men. This precludes women from serving as pastors up uh, to men. This, this does not make women less important by any means, but rather give them a ministry focus more in agreement with God's plan and his gifting of them. And that is the main reason why it's so important to stipulate the fact that God never called a woman to preach. This here proves that the Bible clearly, specifically specified that God wants woman, a woman to be involved in the church, but not to preach. This is the, why the feminist gospel it's so, so, so bad, and it's evil. Because think about it. There is nothing meek about feminism. The dictionary defines meek as being humble in spirit or manner, suggesting, retiring, mildness, or even cowed submissiveness. Very docile. Okay? Very docile. Feminism is not homo in, in a way, but is a clamority and demand. A foolish woman of clamors; she is simple. She is uh, known enough that that's in Proverbs chapter nine, verse thirteen. The dictionary she defines clamorous as contentious, offensively loud. Give it a vehement outcry. Is there more offended, offensive group? Give it to outcry of then feminists? Now think about it. The National Organization of Women. Ought to be called the natural organization of witches, but because in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 23, it equates rebellion with the sin of witchcraft. And think about it a lot of men who's involved in this matter are the ones who kind of cultivate that. Why? Because they allow this stuff to happen into the church. And God holds them more responsible to them than just the, people, just the women who are involved. Yes, that God do holds the women, but mainly the men who allow this to happen because they're not under his authority. This divide has been going on for years, but this thing needs to be really rendered and rightly right in his eyes. See, society cannot detect what's going on in the body of Christ. But the thing is that we're trying to make society do is to go along with the tolerancy that we need. And that's not biblical. Tolerance is just another simple term of just allow things to go on because we want to. God never called for the church to be tolerant with the sins of the world. God said that in Romans chapter 12, all the time, he says, To be ye transformed by the renown of the mind. Why? Let's let's, let's look at this scripture up before we close this out. Okay? Because I want to really put this in and um, make this here justifiable. It says here, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable servant. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that what is good and acceptable and perfect will God. That's what God wants us to do. And that's why it's very important to understand that we are not of this world. We're not. If you are a Christian and you say you are, you're not of this world. You are a true bona fide believer of Christ. So for us to believe something is masquerading the true meaning of what, Bible, what God said in his word. He told us to go and seek the, the kingdom. But see, the kingdom has been instructed from the Bible. All of it, what it says is commandments from him. And for us to justify and make it the way that we want, it's not sound doctrine. It's not. So that's why it's very. we are fully aware that the Bible is true and every man is a lie. And this is why we have a big, huge divide with all this is going on. So next week, oh man, I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen next week. Next week is going to be controversial as well. So controversial, I believe that this show, this broadcast, is going to be pretty much a foundation to the ice of cake for next week. So stay tuned. It's much more where all this is coming from next time of the biblical editorial.
0: Do you see what this really is? It's a cry for war on discernment and truth no longer is it perceived as being correct and necessary to biblically test the spirits to see if they be of God, and no longer are we to examine, by the word of God, teachings, prophecy, manifestations, or signs and wonders. No. What we are being told to do is accept it all without question for if we don't. We are an enemy. Come back next week about exposing the war within the body of Christ. The Biblical Editorial Review is copyright by the Resilient Christian Radio Network.